Today's episode is brought to you by Ozark Christian College. The Master of Arts Spiritual Formation Concentration at Ozark is for those who want to learn how to lead people to healing and wholeness in Jesus. The purpose of the Spiritual Formation Concentration is to dive deep into God's Word and partner with the Spirit to experience the internal change that will lead to the external change of the world. So what are the next steps? Learn more and apply for free at occ.edu masters. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Disciple Makers podcast. This is your host, Dave Stovall, and I'm so glad that you clicked on this episode today. This audio was pulled from a track session given by Radical Mentoring at last year's forum. Radical Mentoring is in the business of helping men and women to grow spiritually by using a mentoring process that equips men to develop authentic relationships and overcome the issues holding them back from living life to the full, and also by creating a safe and welcoming environment where women can foster authentic relationships with each other and with Jesus. This mentality really lines up with my heart and my passion and is one of the main reasons why discipleship was so attractive to me in the first place. So I hope that you will enjoy these episodes by Radical Mentoring and also that it will help you along your way of becoming a disciple maker. All right, everybody, let's dive in. This is Radical Mentoring. Here we go. Well, thanks everyone for uh, for coming. Uh, if, if you've been in any of our sessions so far, we've gone a uh, very, very high level. Uh, this one's going to get a little bit more in the weeds, going to talk a little bit kind of uh, in depth about what we feel like uh, the mentoring process is. So here's, here's what I'd like to do for today is my goal is to give you a snapshot of our mentoring process, but also to be able to add value uh, to you from a mentoring process. So because one of the things that we know is that uh, and we'll get into this in a few minutes. This is certainly not going to be for everybody. And so but we think kind of this way of life, as I as I talk about, which the book actually kind of gets in, into, we feel like it's applicable across the board. So we'll get into some of the some of the principles. But uh, just know early on, and I've, I've said this a lot of times, but this number here, five, five, four, 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 if you are interested in connecting with us, interested in uh, this process, I would encourage you to text mentoring to 55444. I think it asks you four questions and you're all set. So uh, we are a little bit unique and uh, about how we do this. And so uh, if you haven't met me yet, my name's Trey Brush and I'm your mentoring guide. And that truly is what I do. Uh, when you go to the website, you're able to create an account and you put in no credit card, you pay nothing for what we do. So we are funded by churches and by those who have been touched by the ministry and have chosen to pay it forward. So we don't sell literally anything. Uh, you can buy some books and so forth, but uh, we are literally funded by those who have been touched by the ministry. So when we say we're going to reach out to you and guide you through the process, that really is what we do. So. Uh, so today in this time together, consider me your guide. And then uh, if you're interested from here on out, you can consider the same thing. So I do have a little bit of a, uh, I said yesterday, shiny quarter syndrome. So don't hesitate to ask questions. I love to be able to rabbit trail. So uh, if it goes too deep, I may have to pull back, but uh, feel free to ask questions anytime. So 
Uh, there you see our mission to equip you with a complete pathway that empowers the next generation to form thriving relationship with God and others. And so that's what we exist to do. And uh, we do that on many different fronts. And so there you'll see this is how we feel like we serve others. So uh, we started with a men's track, and I'm going to get into a little bit, little bit of background with Radical Mentoring in a few minutes. Uh, but we also have a women's track as well, which is called Known Collective. And then, of course, we work with churches. And then we also, uh, there are many uh, lay leaders who work in the church and love to be able to take this to their to their business. And so we uh, work with, uh, with guys like that who want to take it to their business as well. So we have several different avenues. And so just really quickly, the only reason I'm throwing this up there is to give you uh, kind of what I was telling you a minute ago. This is kind of who we work with. Uh, and those numbers really don't mean anything except for the fact that uh, if you were to ask me, hey, what, what do you guys want to do? And when we look at what we want to do, we want to reshape uh, and, and help churches kind of uh, reform how they do life with people. And uh, we think this way of life does a great job of doing that. But we also work with some churches and just like, hey, this is just this is not a fit. And so that's one of the things that as your guide, I would be very honest with you and say, hey, we feel like maybe this is a fit for, for what you guys are shooting to do and for others that it's not. So uh, and, and that's, you know, and so that's where we would have honest conversations with you about that. So it just the only reason I put this slide up here with our church partners is just to show you one of the unique things about radical mentoring. Uh, it is not a curriculum. Uh, it is not, I would say it's not a teaching formula. It is really life on life. And so because of that, it uh, lends itself to be used in all types of uh, different churches. And so it doesn't matter the size, doesn't matter the denomination, uh, because there's not teaching, it really is life on life. So that makes it applicable to many ways. And so what, when we talk about kind of what we want to do and what we want to accomplish, number one, we'd love to be able to help you with the next generation and our ideas to help uh, people come fully, uh, fully alive, Jesus followers. So that's number one. And then number two, as I've talked about, we want to be able to guide you in launching intentional small group mentoring. And then, like I said, we don't sell anything. So everything literally uh, we, we give you. And so, uh, but we, all, we, call it, we call it a guided launching process. So it's not one of those things that, hey, we posted on the website. And that's, that's a little bit of what I want to get into today. It is one of the unique things when you post something for free. So when people say, how many churches do you have used as well? We're like, we have this many that we know of, but when you put something out there for free, you're not really sure how many you're using it. So uh, here's what we know. When we look at uh, how churches are using this, we see the surveys at the end, we talk to our churches, uh, the churches and the mentors who we have a chance to interact with and work with certainly much more impactful uh, because we've been able to kind of insert our DNA, kind of walk through the process, ones that we never hear from, ones that we never talk with. One of the things that happens when you put it all on the website, it all looks the same on the website. And I would sit here and tell you today, it's not all the same. And so what we'll hit today in this session is not really walk through, hey, this is exactly what the process is, but really give you a big picture and then say, hey, as we look at mentoring, mentoring in general, that our specifically, these would be the can't miss parts of the process. So that's what we'll really hit today. Uh, but I, I want to start with a quick story, and then uh, it really relates to the book that you were given. For some reason, you don't have a book, also have it be a PDF that I can send you. 
Uh, but the quick story, so Reggie Campbell, who wrote the book, is our founder. And uh, he had, uh, what are kind of those dramatic come to Jesus moments when he was 33 years old? Uh, one of those that you saw a guy make a, a change and a change immediately. And uh, uh, back in the day, he was one of the founding members at Johnson Ferry Baptist Church. And uh, he was, he's a, a lay leader, entrepreneur, successful business guy in Atlanta. And so as you can imagine, uh, he was a Sunday school uh, teacher and he had about 50 to 60 young adults uh, young guys in his class. And so, as you can imagine, these guys would see successful businessmen. Hey, I would love to be able to spend time with Reggie. And so, uh, Reggie began having one-on-ones kind of all over the city with these guys. And so, really, a couple of things began to happen as he was investing in others. I'd say number one is he always felt like he was dealing with the issue of the day, not really dealing with guys' hearts and taking them through a process. And I just know from my time with mentors, that is one of the struggles that can happen is you begin dealing with, hey, th these are the things that I'm concentrating on now and not an intentional path. And then the other thing that this quote really speaks to is, as you can imagine, 50, 60 guys requesting time with you. He's an entrepreneur, business guy. It's not like he's got time time everywhere. So uh, he just revealed the angst of, man, I'm just spending all of this time. And kind of the, the funny quote he always used to use, he's a hair and blowing snot bubbles in Waffle House. And I've got one guy across the table from me. And so he's like, there's got to be a better way. So it was really a Tim Elmore quote that reshaped how he would do this. And it is more time with fewer people equals greater kingdom impact. And so it literally caused him to go home, look at his dining room table, and he saw eight chairs and like, I'll just start there. So when we look at, hey, how many, how many guys to go through this process, it was no scientific number at the time. We just, he had eight chairs. And so uh, started with that. So he began doing that for, for many years. And uh, through that, I believe it was in 2007, when it kind of hit him in the middle of the night one night. And he had actually outlined this book in a matter of 15 minutes. And he just began to realize that, hey, I haven't, there's nothing new I've invented here. This is just something that uh, he saw Jesus do. And so that that is the model that we essentially use today. So uh, so it, it, everything we do, we feel goes right through this filter. And so what I will dive into, into today, a lot of this is going to be mentioned in the book. And also feel free, I mean, Obviously, you can uh, write that down, but if you want a copy of the presentation, uh, you can you can text that number, and then when I email you back, you can just let me know, and I'm happy to send you a copy of the presentation. So when we talk about kind of what makes radical mentoring unique, that's where I want to go first, and then we're going to kind of dive into what I feel like are the can't-miss parts of the process. So uh, what makes radical mentoring unique? So I would say number one is relationship above content. And so it's kind of funny when we post everything on the website and say, hey, here is your process. Uh, but just know when we talk about the process, again, I mentioned it's not a curriculum. Uh, it really is. I would say it's a set of guardrails we give to mentors. And so uh, I'll get into the kind of the basics of the meeting. But here's what we know is that inside these meetings, 80 percent of what is done in the meetings is relationship building. But what paralyzes many mentors from mentoring is, well, what am I going to do? What, what does that look like? What, you know, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to read? What are we going to what am I going to have them do? And so our goal is to take all of that pressure off of the mentor and say, hey, let us hand you a framework that you can work in. 
And it allows you to spend all of your time concentrating and building relationships instead of that. And so how this really serves as you're leading a mentoring meeting is instead of putting my concentration on, well, we've got to make sure I cover this, got to make sure I cover that, got to make sure they've done this. It allows me to be able to shine a spotlight on some of my mentees where all of a sudden, instead of thinking about content or instead of thinking about uh, the next question, it allows me to really kind of dig in with my mentees. And because my goal as we look and we'll talk about kind of the length of the of the program, but if I have 12 months with a group of mentees, my heart and my goal in that 12 months to say, hey, I have 12 months to try and pry inside of these guys and reveal that thing that they've been holding on to. Or I've got 12 months to kind of crack the nut to someone who has probably been hiding something for years, and I've only got 12 months to shine the spotlight. So if you think about it in those, in those terms, instead of, hey, well, this month is marriage, and then this month is, uh, you know, you know, theology. Instead, you look at it as, hey, this is the kind of the process I'm walking through, guys. And so how we would also say that plays into uh, the context of our mentoring meetings. If a guy comes in and drops a bombshell, uh, you know, if he's having a relationship problem, if he got fired from his job, well, you know, guess what? We're probably going to put the agenda aside and say, let's just let's just invest in him tonight. And so that's kind of what that looks like. Uh, number two is a high standard. And this is one that we, I mean, we just get pushed back on every once in a while. And this is, but we also feel like this is one that's uh, critical to the success of the group. So uh, you'll see things on the website, like a covenant, a covenant is on the website. Uh, there's a place for both, uh, for both the husband and the wife to sign the covenant. Uh, now just know also, I'll go ahead and mention that we actually, so we have several different tracks. Again, we have men's, we have women's, we also have a track for singles as well. And so, so all of that's on the website. But again, uh, the covenant is a is a big part of this. And so typically, um, and, and I'll, I'll kind of lead that into the next one, which is invite to apply. Kind of all of these work together. And so I would say, how, how does this apply? Well, what happens is our best encouragement for launching something like this is, number one, we kind of call it the shoulder tap invite. And so this is never something that is mass emailed, never something that is mentioned from stage. Typically in most of the churches we work in, uh, most people have no idea that this is even being done. So it typically is something under the radar. And so uh, kind of that leads to the shoulder tap invite. And the shoulder tap invite could be, hey, uh, we've kind of spotted you as someone we would love to invest in. Uh, I would, and that many times could lead to, hey, we invite you to fill out an application. Uh, could lead to something, hey, why don't you come to this meeting? We're going to invite others like you to hear more about this process. And then from there, inviting them to apply. So by the time they have uh, been shoulder tapped, they've probably come to a meeting and heard more. Uh, they've been invited to fill out an application. And then again, in the application, they're going to kind of feel the, the weight of this. And then they're going to be handpicked, which we'll get into. So by the time they do all of that, I mean, obviously they're going to be like, well, this is not a, this is not a normal small group that I'm, I'm getting involved in. So, uh, and, and so the, what happens through this process is it puts a, uh, it puts something inside the group that doesn't exist in many small groups, which is our hope is four months in, five months in, when the mentees are sitting around the table with each other, when one of them has been carrying this for so long, never wanting to get rid of it, they know that, hey, 
everyone around this table is as bought into this as me. So I'm, I'm willing to kind of bear this. I'm willing to put it out there. And how it impacts on the other side, and I've seen it, unfortunately, is that there, uh, when you have some people who, uh, you know, are not committed to the process, showing up late, sometimes don't show up, not prepared, not doing the homework, they're going to feel, you know, why am I going to be bought into this? Why am I going to share this with, with all of that? So that's the importance of kind of the high standard and then inviting to apply. So and then the last one that we put on here is group mentoring. And uh, there's no in, in our minds, there's no right or wrong to what mentoring is. Uh, we love group mentoring. And the big reason I say there's two reasons we love group mentoring. Uh, I'd say number one, from a time perspective, like I mentioned earlier, it is uh, fantastic to be able to walk through a group of mentees with this, not just one on one. Uh, but then also the uniqueness that comes out of this. And we really see this on the end of the year surveys. Uh, one of the highest rated things that we see out of this is authentic community. Yes, they're impacted spiritually. Yes, the, uh, they're impacting their marriage. All of those things happen. But one of the things that typically happens, we see on the surveys, 95 to 97% of the guys say, for the first time in my life, I've been exposed to an authentic community. And so it's not just from your perspective as a mentor, is it great, but also from a mentee perspective as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good question. So the question is uh, keeping singles and marrieds together. So I'll give you the ideal answer, then I'll give you a real world answer. So I'd say the ideal answer is uh, yes, it's helpful. Uh, and I would say it from this perspective in the groups, many times it can be very helpful to have because uh, married guys want to talk about their marriage, single guys don't really want to talk about that. And so I'd say from a story standpoint, it's very helpful. Having said that, I've led uh, four groups and in two of my groups, it was a mix. And it was just because that's that's what I had. And so I would say uh, what I typically have done in those groups is just address it up front. Be like, hey, as we talk about marriage and talk about kids, for you guys, it's not going to be as applicable. But I, I still think the stories are going to be helpful. So I, I would say it's helpful to have them separate but also i don't think it's the deal breaker as well does that make sense perfect so let's dig into what we think makes radical mentoring unique so i'm going to dig into each one of these one by one and uh and so the first one that we're going to come to is oh i'm sorry we just did that uh the can't miss parts of radical mentoring so number one is going to be uh mentor selection so uh we say this that knowing that some of you in here are going to be great qualified mentors and then there will be some of you that could be looking to choose mentors uh and so one of the things we say about this is to take your time and get it right and so i have worked with many churches and uh in fact a small church comes to mind who i think three years ago he's like man I, i'm just not sure i've got the right mentors for this and i'm like well then I'm really sure that you shouldn't do this. And so literally it took a couple of years later that he figured out he, he, he found the right mentor. And so he pushed forward with it. But it is one of the things that is critical. So um, a, a couple of things come to mind with what the right mentor looks like. So one of these obviously is you're looking for a facilitator, not a teacher. Most mentors don't talk more than five or 10 minutes straight in the meeting. Uh, it truly is a facilitation model. And so um, 
being able to hear guys and share your story, I, I, I'd say those are the kind of the biggest things you're looking at in a mentor. Uh, and so the mentor could surprise you who it is. And so uh, Reggie told the story uh, many times of a guy who was working in the parking lot at his church and he knew what the guy did. And he was like, man, you would be a great mentor. You'd be a great mentor. And he never jumped at it. Well, finally, when they launched uh, leadership development groups at North Point in Atlanta, he was kind of shoulder tapped to be one of the mentors. And so it, it's finding a guy who has a heart for others. Uh, and who's willing to be able to kind of pour his life into others. So that would be number one, I would say, is uh, just the mentor selection. So uh, this one we talked about a little bit, which was hand-picked mentees. And I, uh, having worked with many churches over the years, this is one where I have learned some lessons on over the years. In fact, I, I told this story yesterday, but I'll, I'll share it again. I had a church in the uh, Tampa area who was looking to launch this and very, you know, Good-sized church uh, shouldn't have been a stretch to be able to have several groups. And what they eventually did, uh, they had, I think they had six different groups that they were going to launch. And uh, and I met all the mentors and they were phenomenal. Uh, but they were a little, they had a little struggle on drawing mentees in. And so I'd kind of caution, I'm like, hey, you know, our typical advice is to launch a group or two. Uh, kind of that first season, and uh, but I also didn't push back hard. It's like, well, if you feel like you have the mentees, then then great. Well, they really started twisting some guys' arms who who didn't really belong in the groups, and so uh, really, I would say half of their groups were excellent, and then the other half of the groups were not because they again they brought in some guys into the groups that probably didn't belong, and so that's where we look and say, hey, uh, as you're as you're doing this, I always kind of challenge and pull back is my encouragement uh, many mentees need that challenge of saying hey i feel like this is your next spiritual step is to be in a group like this but also not twist the arm as well so that's what we talked about the shoulder type invite the inviting to apply in the prayerful about who you pick and put in these groups and and this i, I think it's important too to have an idea of who you feel like uh, your mentor can speak with or who you feel like you can and I'll just give you two perspectives uh, you know uh, Kevin Harris who is our president he leads a certain group of guys through this process he has a heart for for what certain uh, guys are Reggie who is our founder he had a heart for guys who were type a hard charger all in their careers because that's what he was and so there's going to be that doesn't mean you can't help across the board but i will say as a mentor you're going to be able to have certain people that you feel like you're drawn to more than others so and then lastly like i mentioned is the covenant uh covenant we feel like is a huge part of that as well uh this we talked uh if you were here this morning you heard us talk about story and we talked about story a lot and so i'll revisit that still even here though uh, we feel like story is going to be a huge part of this, and I'll actually dive into what a month looks like here in a few minutes. Uh, but one of the things that happens, I'll kind of give you the scenario of a season here. Uh, we On the website, we have a couple of different plans. We have a nine-month plan, and we have a 12-month plan. And on that, uh, we actually kind of create uh, the year on purpose. And so as you look at the process the first three years of the first three years first three months deal really internally so we talk about uh kind of identity uh, we talk about how they see god we talk about their story and so we we start internally then we begin working outward 
with behaviors like prayer, uh, godly character. And then from there, we begin working outwards to what uh, to marriage and workplace ministry. And so it really is on purpose. And then what happens the very first time that they meet, the mentor is going to share uh, their story. And so uh, the mentor is really going to set the tone for what those uh, for what the season is going to look like, because following that first meeting where the mentor shares their story, you can have a story retreat where everyone's going to share their stories. So and I've even jokingly, in fact, I've got a odd example of a got a guy who's a senior in college and he's like man i read this book i want to be able to go through this i'm like maybe it's gonna be honest it is really hard for take students through this process i'm like there's a lot of reading uh and so he's like well what is the one thing i can do i'm like well take these four guys you're talking about and just take them out to a tall top of the mountain and just tell each other stories and so that's what they did so they just went and told their stories and so i would say hey if you get nothing else out of this being able to share your story with others i think is critical and so that and so what we look like in those first three months again the the mentor shares their story the mentees get together for a story retreat to share uh to share to share their stories and then that follows up with uh, we really encourage the mentor to get together with the mentees to do one-on-ones directly after that and what we hope happens out of that and what you will see throughout the season and uh, one thing I, I mentioned time and time again is that as you read potentially 12 books in 12 months, which I know sounds like a lot, as you're memorizing scripture, as you're doing homework assignments, all of these things are leading me and hearing their story. Hopefully they're revealing something in my mentees is what I'm hoping. And so, uh, and that's what a lot of times happens at the story retreat. And I'll just give you an example. Uh, when they fill out an application on the website, one of the things that they do is they give a brief story, a brief testimony. And so what's enlightening about that is you'll get the, okay, you know, I haven't heard my mentor share their story yet. And yeah, this is my story. My, my dad was great. My mom was great. Everything in my life's been great. And then all of a sudden you get to the, you get to the story retreat and you hear something different. You're like, oh, wow, this, uh, and so it's really fun to be able to do your one-on-ones after that. So like, hey, there's it's interesting uh, in your testimony that you wrote, you know, you say, hey, your relationship with your dad was phenomenal. But then in story retreat, you're like, man, I couldn't wait to get away from home when I graduate. You're like, what gives? What's going on there? And so it does provide something really enlightening. So we always say, hey, at the story retreat, take copious notes, uh, you know, write, write, write. And what it allows you to do, number one, you know the mentees know that you hear them that's first and then secondly it's going to be in that first three months whether it is one of the books uh, whether it is homework assignment whether it is their story you're going to be able to start getting some insight into what it is you can shine that spotlight on and so that's where i know as leading four groups now my goal is to say hey i'm just constantly looking for that Mm, for that thing that they're dealing with and that's what i'm going to stay on and uh, i hate repeating myself but i'm going to repeat myself uh see so, uh the fir very first book we read is a fictional book which some people are like fiction what are we reading a fictional book i promise you as a mentor it's the best book that you could put in front of a group of mentees so it's called bo's cafe and it really is about uh, an authentic mentor authentic community and uh, the very first group I led, I had a guy who 
read the book, and he's like, this is the worst book I've ever read. Like, oh. I was like, because usually it is the highest rated book we have in, in every season. And so it began to dig into the, to the process and understood that, hey, he saw himself in the main character, and he began to see how he was treating his wife. And uh, it was fascinating to be able to dig into that. And, and what I would, what I encourage mentors to do is, hey, as soon as you find that spot, I never leave it. Every single month that we connect, every single time I've talked, I'm just going to keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it until he addresses it. And so, uh, and so that, so when we look at story to us, that is part of the uh, of the big thing from the story perspective. Uh, next, I would say uh, in this, I have learned uh, many lessons on obviously as well. Is start slow and trust the process. And so. Uh, you know what, for, I, I've worked, I've been doing this since 2016 now, and I've worked with many churches that took years to launch, and i worked with many mentors who it took years to launch. And so one of the things that we, we said, a couple of things is, number one, borrow our wisdom. Uh, you know, we have been experienced this one way, shape, form, the fashion of the other for 20 plus years. Uh, one of the things, second point there, it, it truly is not a program. And so... Uh, the less you try to make it a program, the better it's going to be. Let it just kind of exist on its own. Uh, then our, our, our kind of best recommendation is to typically just start with one group and follow the process. So uh, that is now we also as as your guide, we kind of work with many churches who are like they go through this on year one. Be like, hey, this was fantastic. Uh, this is what our culture is. This is our context. How could we move with this going forward? And that's where we're always like, yes, uh, whether it's filling in moving tracks, moving books, being able to tweak it some. Because here's what we know. If you can, as a mentor, as a church, help it fit your context, then it's going to make sense. I'll give you an example. Um, we have a church down in Charleston. And in fact, Cameron talked about this in, in, in the last meeting. Uh, they have kind of different environments that they have men in and, and women. And so they have a 101 environment, which 101 environment for them are typically events. So like, hey, they know people are going to show up at the events they do. They'll have a wild game night or they'll have some kind of a, a women's gathering quarterly. So that's where they begin introducing people at, at those. And so from there, they want to invite people into eight to ten weeks to a kind of a a discipleship group, I would say, or more kind of an introduction. And so uh, the key to those is that you don't stay long-term in those. You just stay in those for eight to 10 weeks. And so in those two environments, and then they want to take people from there into a more defined small group. But in that process, what they're constantly doing is they're watching for people who they want to take a little bit deeper. And those are the ones that they begin saying, hey, we want to develop you. We've spotted you as someone we want to develop. And so then what they do on the back end, now you've got someone who was discipled a little bit deeper. Uh, and so now as they're looking for table leaders at these events, who are they going to use? They're going to use them. As they're looking for small group leaders or looking for leaders to lead some of those eight to, to eight to ten week classes, that's who they begin to look. So I would say that is unique for every church is being able to try and say, hey, how can this fit in our context? Because we know uh, I've worked with church and been like, hey, this is great. They do it for a year or two. They haven't really been able to adapt it and fit it into their context. And so they probably stopped doing it. But the ones that do it, 
year in and year out have been able to find found how it exists in their context so um, so one of the things that we get big pushback I say, what am I going to do? And I can assure you in my first season, I thought the same thing as Lord have mercy. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. And I didn't. Um, and thankfully that's why I did it. Uh, but one of the things that made me nervous, a few things that made me nervous is I always felt like I had to have an answer. And I am, I think many of us men are, but I am especially, I love to be able to fix stuff. And, uh, but knowing the questions I was gonna get, knowing all of those things, so this is where we love to be able to look at a mentor and say, hey, you're, you're not you're not their business coach. Uh, you're not going to have to fix them. Uh, you can't fix them. God's going to be the one that fixes them. Uh, you're not going to be their counselor. Uh, you're not going to be their dad. Uh, and so being able to accept that as the mentor. And uh, in fact, I said this in our last one, but I promise you, this is my, this is my favorite piece of advice I never got from Reggie. So what happens when someone asks you a question you don't know? It's like, well, turn to the guy next to me. You say, Bill, what do you think about that? And, and, and that, that truly is, uh, it, it is it is a relief when you know. So when I talk about, hey, what mentoring is, in my mind, this is what mentoring is. Uh, you are literally pouring your cup into somebody else's. And that happens to probably be four to six to eight guys or, or, or women sitting around the table. That's, that's what you're... That's what your responsibility is. And so it just means being transparent and being vulnerable. And uh, the, typically what I what we say and what I see and experience is a guy's going to bring something up or someone's going to bring something up. Hey, this is what I'm going through. Then the best thing that you can do as a mentor be like, man, I'll tell you what, that happened to me. Here's what I experienced. Here is what I did. Here's how that messed me up, more than likely. Uh, here's what here's what happened because of it, and so here's what I learned. And um, and to give you encouragement where things uh, where things can go right and things can go wrong. And uh, so Kevin Harris, who is our our president, he went through a group in 2002 with Reggie, and uh, it was one of the most impactful things he experienced. And then about six seven years down the road, he experienced a breakdown. Uh, mentally and in his career uh, because he made some decisions that he probably shouldn't have made and it was one of those where Reggie want to look back and be like oh, but at the same point you're not responsible for those decisions so I think in fact I think we had a question yesterday and I tossed and turned over last night and it truly is one of those that you cannot control what happens after the group you just cannot and you cannot control what decisions are made but your job is as the mentor is to, again to just say hey I want to share with you my story so go choose wisely because of that. Hello, Disciple Makers Podcast listeners. I want to invite you to the 2022 National Disciple Making Forum here in Nashville, Tennessee on October 5th and 6th. Jesus had a strategy, a plan, and a roadmap for making disciples. In other words, he was highly intentional. He guided, coached, and developed his disciples into full-on disciple makers, and by living out the Great Commission, they changed the entire world. We're constantly gaining new insight about intentional discipleship as we look closely at Jesus. And if we're thoughtful and prayerful, we can apply many of those same practices today. So head on over to discipleship.org to buy your tickets. 
for the 2022 National Disciple Making Forum. I look forward to seeing you there. I was also thinking about that. Yeah. I was like, even Jesus had Judas. Yeah, I, you know, it is funny. Uh, I, I thought after that yesterday, I, I've been in meetings with Reggie. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, we would have these lunches that we would do called Activate Tour. And in these, we would go and present to a bunch of churches, hey, here's what we do. This is what it looks like. And then we'd have churches come who did radical mentoring, others that would be interested. And we would always have a church who did it, and they would kind of share their testimony. And it was always funny to me. I'd have a church or have a pastor come up or someone come up to Reggie and be like, have you ever experienced this in a group? And he said, nope. Good luck with that. <laughs> just walked off. But the thing I appreciated was like, you know, and we try and do this, just try and stay in our lane and say, hey, uh, and, and that's the reason, yes, there are, I have had those meetings where someone asked me something, I don't know, uh, I'll share with you my story. I don't know if it's helpful or not. At the end of the day, I do have to wrestle occasionally with, hey, am I okay with not having an answer to everything? And I have to. And, and I, what I find and begin to get out of that is that I feel like uh, the mentees appreciate that, that, no, I don't, I don't know everything. And uh, that was one thing that I enjoyed about, because I've done it with both. I've done this with working with my church, and then I've done this on my own. And that is the benefit of being able to partner with your church to do it, because sometimes you have to call in the bullpen and say, hey, I, I, I need some help on this one. This is beyond my... Uh, my, my capability and so I think being able to to accept that is good and it, but it, that, that was that's really hard for me because I love to be able to have an answer and I feel a little bit helpless at the end of a meeting and I'm like I don't I don't know that I was helpful there. When you don't have an answer with you, know, you want to keep their story private mm -hmm. you, if you're wanting to go to someone to find the answer do you approach the person first that shared their story? Yeah. I, I definitely do that because I, I, I usually pull them aside and be like, "Hey, I, I I feel like this is unresolved. I feel like you need you need something more than me. Like you may need a counselor. You may need a pastor. And so that's where it's very helpful. And I always had I had the pastor kind of set that I was like, "Hey, if things come up, I'd love to bring bring guys to you." And I was like, "Absolutely." And so and it helped a couple of times. I mean, I, I had one was like uh, the abuse when they were a child. Another one was just some marital things they were going through that just was beyond my capability. And so being able to have someone who it prepped ahead of time, that way I'm, I was not responding, but I was like, hey, I, I've got someone who, who's kind of waiting in the wings. So Is that helpful. So uh, really quick uh, scenario of a year. So this is what uh, the process looks like as a whole. So uh, I don't think I've talked about this yet. If I can look, I don't want to spoil anything. No, nope. well, spoil anything. Uh, so it, we have two plans on the website. There's a nine-month plan and a 12-month plan. I know I told you that. Uh, and we look and say there are five elements to radical mentoring. Uh, and those five elements are uh, the mentees are reading a book a month. Yep, a book a month. Uh, I'll provide some flexibility. And we all provide flexibility. I let my uh, mentees listen to the book as well, because I can assure you that sitting around the table, I, I couldn't tell you who reads and who listens, because as long as they're engaged and as long as they're bringing their net out. So we call, uh, call it a net out. A net out is essentially, okay, here's what I got from it. Here's what I'm going to do, because I don't care that they have that they read the book. But even if they didn't like the book, I just like, hey, I, I want to hear the three or four things that you feel like your takeaways that you can do something. 
So they're reading a book a month and providing a net out of the book. They're doing a couple of homework assignments typically each month. Most of the time, one of those is more relationship focused. And I'll, I'll show you a sample month in a minute. And then another one of those is typically more spiritual growth related. Uh, they are memorizing two scriptures each month via keyword. So hopefully they can pull back. Uh, community is a huge part of that. Not only, of course, do you have the three hours together, but as the mentor, I'm also pairing up guys on a monthly basis. And so if I have six guys in my group, they're going to each meet with each other twice during the season. So I will pair up and swap out throughout the month. And so, and then also, so that way it's not awkward for them. You typically give them a starting point for those meetings. And this is where we can get as, as creative as you need. And this is where we spend a lot of time on the phone trying to get help, help you get creative. But we say, hey, as you get together, we would encourage you to start here. Have them talk about this. Talk about, hey, this is how my homework assignment is going. Uh, so there's all kinds of things you can do with that. Uh, and then lastly, prayer. Uh, so those are kind of the five elements each and every month. So as you look at the season, these are kind of the special things throughout. You have a kickoff meeting. The first meeting is where the mentor shares the story story retreat. There's a commencement retreat on the back end. But the rest of that is kind of a monthly rhythm of meeting once a month for three hours. So usually two things come to mind. Uh, number one, most guys are like, what in the world are men going to talk about for three hours? Trust me, the time goes quicker than you think. Um, and, and so there's that. And then, and then the other pushback is, man, why, why is it just once a month? Why, why don't you meet more often? So we, we get both of those. One thing that we have learned from a, a mentor and a mentee perspective, uh, and I would say especially from a mentor perspective, uh, what can happen is as, as you're looking typically uh, for uh, kind of high potential mentors, the more you ask of their time, typically the lower quality you're going to get because they're probably already active over here, active over there. So now you begin asking for more. And so that's where the rhythm of meeting once a month for three hours does a lot of good. And so we also, one of the things from a mentor perspective, we're like, hey, we leave it up to the mentors. I have mentors that meet uh, regularly, monthly with their mentees. That's, that's not a have to. Uh, I have others that just say, hey, open up their calendar and whenever you need me, you'll need me. And one of the things you'll find, uh, in fact, you'll read it in Mentor Like Jesus, you will find it. Yes, we, we love the group aspect of mentoring. And you're also going to notice, and some of you who probably already mentor now probably notice this now, that there's going to be a couple that are going to gravitate to you a lot. And that's great. And there's nothing wrong with the ones who don't. Uh, that that's just how those relationships are going to work. And so uh, they just are what they are. But again, once a month for three hours. And then what we do is we provide you kind of a, uh, I wouldn't call it a script, but we provide you kind of the, the basic guardrails, which I'm going to show you in just a minute, of what each month looks like. So that way, uh, so w what does that look like? Well, we provide you kind of a two-page document at a time saying, hey, this is the story retreat. This is what we're hoping to accomplish this month. So go into the story retreat knowing this. Uh, then we provide you, there's always an icebreaker question. There's always some prompting questions. Hey, how do I get started on the memory versus how do I get started on the homework? So we provide you some prompting questions and some guiding questions throughout. We have some mentors like, hey, just tell me the five things I need to talk about. I, I've got it. Then we have others who are like, hey, if you can guide me throughout this process, that would be great. And so that's what we do. So. Is there a, a type of what he's 
mentor meetings. Is there a type mm -hmm. of location that you would recommend over another? So, I mean, yeah. I, you just said the, the uh, Reggie had a eight eight chairs mm -hmm. around his dining room. Is, yep. is the home it, or is, if there's a if there's a nice room at, at the yeah. church building? Yeah, we uh, our preference is always the mentor's home. Uh, a couple of reasons for that. Uh, number one, one of the things that uh, you'll hear me talk about a lot, and I probably have, is that uh, you know mentoring is modeling, and so we love the mentees to see what's on the mentor's walls. We love to see how uh, they treat their spouse. Love to kind of see what's important to them, and so uh, the other thing that happens, just the nature of of, of life you know some people feel like the church building has walls and so when you begin telling stories in the church building some people are like oh my goodness i don't know about this so that's our best suggestion um i live far away from all of my mentees so we've gotten creative sometimes we do stuff outside if, it, if it's nice we find a park to go to um sometimes we've taken the back of a restaurant so it's just i think you figure out what you do i think our but our default is always in the home if possible so let me give you an example. So this is an example of what a month. So these were the kind of the five elements that I talked about. Obviously, reading a book, providing a net out. Well, I just talked about all of these. Let's get to the month itself. So this is an example. So this would be, for example, month number three, which is our marriage month. So obviously, there's a book there. When it comes to books, here's what we know. Uh, books can be a real tender spot. What we do is um, we provide you an option on books. So we always give you kind of a most recommended book. There's only one book we ever like stand on a hill on and like you know, I mentioned earlier, Bo's Cafe. We're like, please do that for month number one. Uh, but the rest of them, we're wide open to say, hey, um, here's what we don't want you to have to do. We don't want you to have to recreate the wheel. So we're like, hey, don't don't go research every book. But if there's a book on prayer that just really minister to you, a book on godly character, course absolutely use that book so uh there's the book there's an example of of the uh, scripture memorization and uh you'll see the couple of the the assignment that is listed there the complete a love note assignment uh community with each other and then prayer and so what this looks like on a monthly basis is uh we many times we're asking what is the time commitment for mentees we kind of say it depends on how quick they can they read a book uh, but we typically say kind of 15 to 18 hours. So uh, take take that for what it is, but at least gives you an idea. And that's the reason we say, hey, really, the husband and the wife both should sign the covenant. That way they both know what they're getting into. 15 to 18 hours a month? A month, mm -hmm. typical. Yeah, that's about right. So, so again, that's kind of what, uh, what the months look like. So every month, as I mentioned earlier, every month is themed. And so, but everything's going to revolve around that. So obviously, as you see the month of marriage, uh, the book is going to revolve around that. Uh, the scripture memorizations, they're going to revolve around that. The homework assignments, all of that's going to kind of revolve around those topics. So, so it kind of leads me to uh, four steps to launch. So here's what it kind of looks like. Uh, creating an account, scheduling a consult, setting a launch date, and follow the checklist. Those, those are the basics. So let me just get to the, to the end of the follow-up. Kind of what what next steps look like again i would encourage you if you have interest to text that to text mentoring to that number uh it truly is one of the things and in fact i've noticed uh we've already asked people creating the accounts which is fantastic what we typically do we call it a guided launching process and so um as i would say in these four sessions we didn't cross the mississippi 
guess what? We'll never do so on, on one phone call as well. And so we truly uh, work as your guide throughout the process. Uh, we do things like provide mentor training. We provide everything you need on a monthly basis. We, uh, we have tribe calls throughout with our churches and our mentors throughout the process. And so we're there for churches as little as, as they want or as much as they want. So, so that would be my encouragement is to, uh, to, uh, to sign there. And it gives you the ability to set up an account. And we're happy to help in any way. So, so what, what questions does that bring up? How long is the retreat? We actually have two retreats, two, and so I'll, I'll give you scenarios on both of them. The very first retreat is the story retreat, and so this is where we provide a lot of flexibility. And so just as I said, hey, we provide a an agenda for each meeting, we do the same thing for the retreats as well. So uh, we provide three different agendas. We provide, if you can take a whole weekend, which is great, that we provide an agenda for you to follow because during that retreat, You'll have the story per portion, but then you also have just the regular meeting portion as well. We also provide an agenda for an overnight version of that. So if you can do like a Friday night and a Saturday, we provide you for an agenda for that. Then we have some that they scheduling just nuts, can't get away. Uh, what does it look like to do a one day? And so we have what we would call a story Sunday or a story Saturday agenda. So that's where it's built for, for doing that. Our biggest thing on the retreat we know it can be hard to schedule that, but the biggest regret, uh, I, it was, I think it was my second year we missed the story retreat, and that was, it was a disaster. I, it was not that my mentees didn't get anything from it, but it was, I could feel the difference. You know, we had had a chance to get away on the other ones and getting away and hearing the stories. What we tried to do in the meantime, we just try and jam in some stories here and there. And it, it, it took almost the whole season for us to be able to connect like we wanted to because we could none feel it. And so what that story retreat does, it puts kind of the pressure cooker on that first 60 to 90 days where all of the guys could really feel it after the story retreat, what, what had happened during that story retreat. And I'd said in our first session this morning that I countless text messages and emails from mentors after that story retreat and you just won't believe how god how god worked during, during our story retreats I, I would say the other thing that is important about it we feel like is to kind of get away where they can disconnect a little bit so whether that's uh, you know a cabin a lake house somewhere outside where they where they can disconnect i think that's helpful yes uh and a couple of things extra on the commencement retreat so uh, same duration i would say if you have several groups going at one time it is a lot of fun i would say on the front end and the back end let's just say you're launching two or three groups it is great to be able to launch together to come together during that first kickoff meeting and then branch off into your groups and the same thing for the commencement retreat if you can do it on the same weekend and i'll just give you an example of the best one so make kind of do your thing on Friday, do your thing most of the day Saturday, come together as a group. So uh, there's a lot of excitement that happens, even if they're not in your particular group, but the idea that everyone's walking through that together that weekend and coming together for a big celebration. Like we've got a church up in Michigan, they need something better. They invite in past mentees to come celebrate and they invite in the new group of mentees 
So it, it's a you can kind of just get the excitement of hey, because because some of one, some of the questions are like from yesterday. Hey, what, what do mentees do after this? And so it's really neat for them to be able to still have some of that excitement after of saying, oh yeah, I still get to come together, see my crew. And we hear a lot of stories about um, about kind of a, a next step for mentees. Some of them still like to be able to connect together. So like. Kevin, who uh, went through Reggie's group in 2002, for many, many years, his group got together once or twice a year just because they, they felt that close. Yes. Yeah, um, you can help me. I'm, I'm just having a little bit of difficulty getting my mind around just one piece of it, and yeah. that is the shoulder tap I get, yeah. and then an invitation to apply. Yep. I get pray and then pick, yep. which almost implies that shoulder tap they ask you to invite or ask you to invite you to apply. Mm -hmm. But you may not get picked. You may not. So, it's true. And that just seems kind of like a negative impression left upon the person that may be, oh, this is great. I knew nothing about it. And I'm excited. I apply. And then, yeah. What? And I would say uh, it's going to depend. Uh, we work with the church in Atlanta who uh, they do a great job with Victory Church in Atlanta. I think they're finishing up their second season doing this. And, and they put some tension to that. And I, and I think you have to decide. Because uh, one of the things that Reggie always said was he said, I, I never said no, I just said not yet. And so and that's what we encourage. Hey, set the table and be like, hey, we'd love, we'd love to have you apply to this. We feel like this is a great next step for you. Look, we're well, just, I'm launching. Yeah, yeah. Just say, hey, we're, I'm, we're launching one group. I, I've got four to eight guys. I'm not sure how many we need to ask. I'd definitely be interested in you applying. And if you don't get in this time, Hey, it's probably good for the next season for you. And and the other thing is, one of the things that we highly encourage, the ones that do this really well, recruit 12 months out of the year. The ones that don't, wait till it's time to recruit. And our, our mindset is, hey, always be recruiting, always be. So whether it's asking, hey, asking staff, asking other leaders in the church, hey, who are the people that I should be investing in and always be cultivating that list that makes it a whole lot easier than scrambling that last couple of weeks. So, yeah. So you said uh, it's a close group between four to eight. Four to eight. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then how young? It's a, that's a great question. Um, I would say this, and we actually, so if you'd be interested, I, um, our, our sweet spot is not students. So high school students, college students, not our sweet spot, because there's a lot of reading. Uh, last thing they do is to do a lot of reading. However, we've got a church that we worked with that kind of put something together for students uh, that is very light on reading, so I'm always happy to send that out. Um, other than that, I would say typically, you know, most groups that we see are kind of, you know, early careers, you know, 23, 24, 25 years old. Uh, but it's, it's done in all types. So we have a guy who used to be one of our board members who he went through retirement and he was like, hey, I want to I want to leave guys that can see retirement. And hey, how do they how do they process this? That's what he did. And so I would say so many times it's going to be whatever kind of appeals to to the, to the mentor and who who they think they can speak with. But then also real world scenario is like with my first group, I, you know, I was scrambling to get some guys. And so I had one guy who was five years older than me. That was awkward. And then I had them that were like, I think, 20 years younger than me. And so, but it, it was what it was. But at the end of the day, I looked at my guys and every single one of them was hungry and all of them wanted to grow. And so because of that, the demographics didn't matter quite as much. Is that helpful? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. In fact, I, I think I mentioned it earlier. I've got a guy who I, I think he's in Baylor. He's a senior, and he's got four guys that he was like, I just want to be able to invest in these four guys. So I just we created something for him for four months. I'm like, do a story retreat, read this book, listen to this podcast, and, and like, hey, just see how it goes. And I talked to him the other day, and he's like, man, it's going fantastic. So just got to do what you got to do. So kind of a program on that with the students one. So something like that. You said you got seniors. So we have, I don't know, Students, I see strong mentors. Mm -hmm. Other students, so you would recommend students mentor other. It would be like adult mentoring students sometimes. But would you recommend like if you see that strong mentorship quality in one of your say seniors or mm -hmm. maybe maybe start one of those modified groups for younger students? Yeah, I I, I think that would be I, I I think they you know they understand the they understand the, the others they understand kind of who they're working with we say that like if you're going to do a singles group our encouragement find someone who's confident being single like don't you know because they're, they're going to be able to speak and lead those those guys who are single better than anybody else and so i i, I would say i'm pretty flexible on that but i would say it's probably helpful to have someone who's a you know kind of in that age any other questions Awesome. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed those messages from Radical Mentoring. Um, next, we've got the Relational Discipleship Network. So go ahead and click subscribe so that you can know when I release the next episode. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and I hope that you enjoyed the rest of your day.